I'm Yolanda Johnson Bryant, and this is The Other Side of the Dash. Welcome back to the Other Side of the Dash podcast. This is episode two, guys. Thank you for sticking in there with me. And if you're new, please hit the subscribe button to the podcast and to the YouTube channel version. Uh, today, as promised, the topic is going to be raising our children's children. Um, I chuckle sometimes to myself when I hear people say that this generation you know, it's always this generation, this generation, this generation. Now, I will admit that this generation is different than our generation. However, uh, when I hear people say this generation does not take care of their children, they leave their parents to take care of their children. This is nothing new, you guys. This has been going on for generations. I venture or I... um. I challenge you to ask any baby boomer who raised them or who instilled in them their values and their morals. And I almost can guarantee you the most of them, the majority of them are going to say my grandparents and the majority of those who had their grandparents raise them or instill their values are going to say my grandmother, because that's just how it is with the divorce rate and singlehoodness, single, singleness, singlehoodness, I'm sorry, singleness. It's a reality and it's been a reality since the beginning of time. So um, this is nothing new. So, you know, I don't think it's fair that we blame this generation, although it's not gotten any better. It gets worse with each generation. Maybe say that, okay? I'm not sure how accurate the numbers are that I'm about to give you. Um, I believe these numbers are from 2018. Yeah, I think they're 2018. Uh, so I'm guessing that they're slightly higher in 2021. And with this pandemic been going on for almost two years now, it's probably even higher than that. But I got some statistics online from fathersmatter.org, theatlantic.com, and newrepublic.com, coupled along with my experiences and experiences of other people that I've talked to. So 55% of grandmothers raising their grandchildren are under 55 this is true. I am slightly under 55, so I fall under that category. And nowadays, uh, grandmothers are getting younger and younger and younger. So I know some grandmothers that are in their 30s. That's the way it is. 2.7 million grandparents are raising their grandchildren. That's a large number. Remember, this number was as of 2018. So I'm sure that number has increased. 30 3% of grandparents raising their children have not graduated from high school. So when you think of the typical grandparent raising their grandchild, you're not necessarily thinking of someone like me that's as young as I am. Not to say that I'm, you know, young by any means, but I mean by that is grandparents in their 60s, 70s, and 80s who are still raising their grandchildren. So if they're that that age they came before even the baby boomers so back then they were uh tasked to take help take care of the family they had to work as opposed to go to school you know a lot of them face segregation and things like that so i think that's partly where that statistic comes from 
I'm I, I'm willing to challenge that people that are more my age have not finished high school. So again, these numbers are from 2018. So I don't know how they were compiled. So that's why I give the disclaimer. I, I'm not sure if they're accurate, but I believe the majority of them are. The unemployment rate for those raising their grandchildren is 49%. Now, I don't know. Forty-nine percent, you guys. That is a high number of grandparents raising their children and not employed. Again, again, I'm sure there are some that are on disability, some that are on Social Security, or using up their retirement savings, or whatever the case may be. Because this does not say whether or not it includes retirees. The rate for which grandparents are raising their children is on the rise, more than doubling the amount since the 1970s. Again, 2018, we're in 2021. I'm sure that number is much higher. Custodial grandchildren have a higher level of behavioral and emotional problems than average children. Now, I rebuke that, but I believe it's true in a lot of instances. You know, the children are dealing with so many things, and that's the thing about it. A lot of parents don't think about what their children are going to endure because of these choices or these mistakes or whatever the, the, the situation is. You know, I can see how a child who's given to his grandparents thinks that the parents don't care about them and they don't love them and, you know, so on. It, there are just so many things that, that are going on and that need to be considered. And here's another one that I believe is true. But when you go back to those grandparents who are a little bit older than me, who are living off social security, disability, retirement, or don't even have that, it says one fifth of grandparents' income falls below the poverty line. And that's a sad, that's a sad thing. So let's get into some of the reasons why grandparents are raising their grandchildren. Parents are deceased. Parents are deployed. Parents are incarcerated. Parents suffer from alcohol or substance abuse. One of the parents is being abused by the other. The child might be the one being abused. And adult children don't want to take care of their responsibility. This is probably the biggest one. There are other stats. What I'll do is put the link to these sources that I found along with some other resources for you down in the description box in the show notes. For those who are looking for resources and may need help because they have are or think they will be facing these type of uh, circumstances, uh, keep in mind that you must do your research and that laws and resources vary from state to state. So I'm in North Texas. Later on, I'll read some of the uh, resources that are available in my state. But you have to understand that resources vary from state to state. So one thing Fathers Matter states is that the primary issue that grandparents face isn't necessarily with the behavior of the grandchildren, but the behavior of their adult children. This is so true. A lot of times it's not the children, it's the children's parents. And that's sad. 
Now this strikes me to the core because many of you know that I am raising my oldest granddaughter. I was the grandmother of three ch grandchildren, two granddaughters and one grandson. However, my uh, grandson was killed when he was two years old. And the reason why is because his parents made poor choices. Now, I would say that my situation is slightly different, but I can't because this, these types of situations happen all the time. So my husband and I made it a point to meet and greet my granddaughter because we were notified of her birth via Facebook, <laughs> uh, along with other things via Facebook. So we had planned, we had already planned on going down to Colorado for vacation in March, which is when we actually did go. However, it was a month too late. My grandson was killed in February. So I, uh, Felt bad for the longest that we could not save him. Uh, but I've gotten past that and I, I, I know that God does everything for a reason. We don't have to understand his reasoning, but he does it for his own reasoning and for his glory, whatever that may be. So we went ahead and went down and met my granddaughter. And it was intended that we would go down and meet her for the first time, spend some time with her and come on back. Then we were living in North Carolina and head on back to North Carolina. However, when we got there, my husband and I got there and saw that the environment that she was living in wasn't fit for my daughter, let alone for a three-year-old child. So my husband and I convinced my daughter to let her come back to North Carolina with us to stay temporarily. She was supposed to stay, this is, now she was three years old. My granddaughter was three years old. She was only supposed to stay until my daughter got on her feet. Well, after so many broken promises and so many lies, a lot of talk and no action, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that, I was gonna do this, was gonna, shoulda, woulda, coulda, never happened. We decided that we had to do something. We figured that, you know, for the lies that she told, my daughter had no intention of coming back to get my granddaughter. So uh, after much praying, much crying, much, you know, talking to my daughter, talking to my granddaughter and everything, we decided that we would sue for sole legal custody of my granddaughter. We did that and we won. My daughter was stripped of her rights, her parental rights to my granddaughter. Now, this wasn't because I didn't love my daughter. I love my daughter a lot. She would probably beg to differ. I love her a lot. I pray for her. I pray that God will do a work in her to turn her life around. However, my daughter is a grown woman. She is 32 years old. So I've come to the conclusion that in order to change, you have to want to change and not just say that you want to change or that you're going to change. You actually have to change. Now, even after we won custody of my granddaughter, I still made sure that there was some kind of contact with my daughter. This was not to punish my daughter. This was about my granddaughter and for her safety. However, the contact that she did have, my granddaughter did have with her mother, it was few and far between. And 
it really affected my granddaughter because my my daughter would would do that thing that parents do you know they do it a lot too when they are divorced and one parent will lie to the kid and say i'm gonna do this i'm gonna take you here i'm gonna do this and that and they never do and it lets the kids down so my granddaughter she was doing well one phone call from her mother and it's like we took we took four steps forward and two or three steps back she did good for a while until her mother made contact again and then she declined again so we told her mother no more phone calls not until you get this together because we are putting so much work into this little girl to get her to have some sense of normalcy only to have you come and ruin it so she was able to write but even the letters got the same way and we decided that we would decline allowing her to write my granddaughter's letters again this was not an act of malice against my daughter this was about my three-year-old granddaughter who could not fend for herself and who needed somebody to you know take care of her and protect her and have her best interest at heart so if she had any chance of having a normal childhood and a chance to grow up to be a successful adult you know i had to do something as her grandmother i just couldn't stand by and watch you know watch it happen and do nothing about that now i will say one mistake that grandchildren do or even parents but what they do pertaining to their children or grandchildren is they keep things from them you know you know a lot of times we keep family secrets and whatever and i think that's just doing the child such an injustice and doing yourself an injustice you put in all this hard work raising this child not telling them what they should know and when they get older and they find out the secrets because they're going to find out they find out the secrets and everything that they worked for the things that you put into them and instill them just all come crashing down and it it was like it's for nothing because now this kid is faced with this secret that should have been told to them in the first place so ever since she was three my granddaughter we talked to her we told her everything there was nothing that we kept from her any letter that came here she saw it any phone call she heard it anything about her mother and her mother's past she knows she knows about it her father who's not in the picture she knew about their past we told them everything now don't get me wrong this is still my daughter and I still love her. So we did talk to her about the good things that my daughter has done, childhood memories and things like that. So it wasn't like we just pounded in her all the bad things. But what I didn't want her to do is go to school, some kid find out her mom's name and Google it and tease her and bully her because of her mother's sins. Now this has happened before which is why one of the one of the biggest reasons not the only but one of the biggest reasons we took her out of school and start homeschooling her but we had to protect her in that way as well so in addition to the letters and whatever you know videos when my kids were little pictures and memories of you know she always uh, comes back to me because she remembers the video the the memory i tell her about my son was was he one or two he may have been two and my daughter may have been four I think I may be incorrect on those I can't remember but anyway 
my daughter used to always mess with my son. And I used to always tell her, because she was jealous. She was protective of her brother, but she was always jealous of him. And I used to always tell her, you better stop messing with him, because one day he's going to get big enough and he's going to get you back. So me and my ex-husband were um, outside fixing our car. And we heard her screaming from, we were living in an apartment then, and we heard her screaming, and I ran in to see what was wrong, and my daughter had braids, um, and my son was pulling her down the hallway, and again, he was two, he was one or two, because he could barely speak, but he was saying, I told you not to mess with me, leave me alone, but he was pulling her down the hallway in her hair that is one of the memories my granddaughter always comes back to me with with along with other memories that i have shared with her about uh, my children especially her mother so again it's not like i'm your mother is bad your mother is bad your mother is bad that's not the case but she still needs to know the reality because when it comes down to it you know even so you know, she was being bullied by the kids. We're in a different state now. Hopefully things are, are better. She's in a different school. But still, you know, nothing is ever gone from the internet. So if she gets older and goes for a job uh, interview, I don't want her, her boss or her soon-to-be boss or would-be boss saying, well, hey, we found this on the internet. What do you have to say about this? And her like, I didn't know about it. You know, I don't ever want that. And a lot of people say, that I'm wrong for telling her things because she's so young. Uh, I'm telling her these things because she is so young and because I am so old. So if I don't tell her the truth now and I should pass, I doubt if her mother tells her anything and she will probably find these things that are on her own. I want her to be in the protection of loving parents when she finds these things out. So no, people don't agree with me or my way of telling her but I tell her everything. So there is nothing that she does not know. She also knows the things that I've done when I was raising my daughter that may have not been the best way to raise my daughter. So I'm very, very intentional on telling her things. One, so she'll know. Two, so I don't, so she does not make the same mistakes as she's growing up or when she's raising her kids. In addition, I tell her to pray for her mother, that her mother has a mental illness and that uh, she can be cured with Jesus, but she has to accept Jesus, truthfully accept Jesus in her life and just to continue to pray for her mother. Because it is my wish for both of them to be reunited one day with my daughter, if my daughter gets her act together. So I asked, I tell her to pray for her and she knows to respect her mother that's one thing, I, I don't care what your mother does, you will respect her. That's something that we have taught her and driven into her. You, res you respect adults, but you respect your mother, you respect your parents. You're not with her, she's not raising you, she's still labored for nine months and she still had you, so you will respect her. And, and my granddaughter understands that. But ultimately she knows that what we are doing is for her safety, for her personal growth, for her sanity, for her education, for her chance to have a normal life, our number one priority is raising her. Her mother's going to have to deal. I put her mother in God's hand. Her mother is going to have to deal with herself. So one thing that I suggest as a grandparent is counseling for you and for that child, especially that child. There are so many reasons that the child should have counseling. The reason why we chose 
counseling for our granddaughter was one, she was present when her brother was killed. Two, she is aware of her mother's lifestyles and choices that could have also affected her. And three, I think it's normally or it's normal for a child to have some type of dysfunction when they are removed from their parents. Uh, the person that they came from their womb and they spent at least the first couple of years with and that's all they knew. So I think that all children will face some type of dysfunction. Not saying it's a bad dysfunction, but they need somebody to talk to. They can talk to the grandparents, uh, which is a good thing. You know, always keep that communication line open and always let them know that you care and you love them. But I think professional counseling will help with that. When my granddaughter was being counseled, so we're, we're, we're counseling her in stages. She hasn't gone in the last year. So now that we're moved and we're settled and we're here in North Texas, we'll be revisiting the counseling conversation. However, when she was being counseled before, the things that came out during um, the counseling sessions just really made me angry with her mother. And I began stressing. I began worrying about my granddaughter. I began worrying about my daughter. But after crying so much, praying so much, and the stress, of course, causes uh, health issues and so on, I just said, Lord, I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do anything for my daughter. I can't. You are going to have to fix it. So I told him, I hand, I hand her to you. I love her, but I hand her to you. This one right here, this child right here is the one that you gave to me to take care of. And that's what I'm going to do. That's where my focus is going to be. And that's what I did. So I've been raising her for, um, I think it's eight years now. Almost eight years. I got her in 2014. Almost eight years. And she's been, she's been, she's been striving. She's been thriving and you know, uh, jumping leaps and bounds, you know, and with the help of God and our constant, you know, love, we love, if you guys watch our vlogs on Bryant Family Values, we have a YouTube channel called Bryant Family Values. And if you look at my Instagram, I mean, you will see that we love on this girl, I mean, too much to where it's like, I'm, I'm smothering her, uh, a smother mother. <laughs> Because we just love on this girl all the time. So that with teaching her, educating her, going to church and the village. Because I do believe it it helps to have a village, a circle that is going to wrap your, your, uh, your child in love. And be a circle around them, cheering them on, protecting them, encouraging them and so on. I think that's very important in a, a child's life. And so she's doing well because of that. She's a gifted child. She's now in middle school and she's in all advanced classes and I'm so proud of her for that. She's played various sports like soccer, gymnastics, taekwondo, theater arts, piano art, and other activities. She's been on the A, A, she's been on the A and the A and B honor roll. She's gotten awards from the Kiwanis Club. She's got perfect attendance, reading and math awards. And if you guys have watched, like I said, this girl, she is so funny. She keeps us laughing. She's fun-loving, witty, mannerable, God-fearing. I've never seen a child her age who is so interested in God and what God thinks. And, 
you know, wanting to learn more about him. And I, I love that about her. And she's just a beautiful tween girl with tween girl issues. So I can say that my husband and I could not have done any of this without the help of God and our village. One thing that she has faced is a little bit of embarrassment because back when we lived in North Carolina, she was always asked, why do you live with your grandmother? Where are your parents? And of course she chooses not to talk about it, but you know, you got some kids got their cell phone or whatever, and they tease her. And she was being bullied about it. And again, like I said, that was one of the reasons I had pulled her out of school and homeschooled her because of, and not, in, not, not only was she embarrassed by it, it brought back memories of the whys, the whys of why she was with her grandparents. And it also brought back the death of her brother, which she had a very hard time for. For like the first three years, she had a hard time with her brother's death. death. But we finally, we got through it. One day she came to me and she said, Mom, she said, um, no, she said, Grandma, can I call you Mom? Which I thought was odd. Now, she always called my husband Dad because he was the first and he's been the only stable male figure in her life. So she's always, she started off calling him Papa, but then she very fast to start calling him dad. Uh, and I was still grandma. And I thought about it for a while and I said, well, you should probably ask your mom, is that okay? Now I know that that was probably a bad move on my part, but that was me still trying to keep her mother in the loop because like I said, my intention was to have them to have a relationship once her mom finally got herself together. Well, her mom didn't like the like it one bit. Her mom was very angry. And after I thought about it and prayed about it, I thought, I don't really care what her mom thinks because her mom still was not thinking of the best interest of her daughter. So I just basically told my granddaughter that you can call me whatever makes you feel comfortable. If it feels uncomfortable, to call me grandma in front of people or whatever you can call me mom and that's fine with me so now she calls me mom so in texas unlike north carolina not very many people know that i'm her grandmother they know that i know they know i'm her grandmother if they follow me on my blog any of my blogs or uh on the channel and so on but in real life outside the the, the lights action and camera uh, many of them don't know that I'm her grandmother. They know me as mom and Greg is dad and I'm okay with that. So like I said, there are numerous reasons why a grandparent raises a grandchild. One of the saddest things about raising a grandchild is when the grandparents are not economically able to efficiently raise that grandchild. The grandparent may be disabled on a limited income or they, be, or they just may be too old uh, but they don't want the child to go into the foster system, so they take them in. And because of those reasons, the grandparents may not be able to fully invest in the child. And when I say fully invest in the child, you know, no, always know their whereabouts. You know, we see the movies where the parents don't know where the kids are. They get involved in gangs and drugs and alcohol and things like that, which can cause another set of problems. I can say though, my husband and I, we are hands-on parents. When we were living in North Carolina, anyone, any one of you who know me knows, I was at that school almost every day. Either I was in the classroom monitoring, I was mentoring, I was tutoring, I was volunteering. Uh, I was at the school doing something almost on a daily basis. If they needed me to go on field trips or go be a proctor in some of the classes or whatever, 
I was there at the school. So I was we were hands-on parents. If we so we made sure that she got her homework, her schoolwork was on point. If she was having problems, we would help her. And if we felt like we could not help her, we would find resources like tutoring or online classes that would help her. We were constantly talking to her. We constantly praying with her, trying to instill values with her, having conversations, allowing her to grow. So we are hands-on parents. Another thing that God did, so God gave us a task to take care of this child after we were empty nesters. So he made sure that we had the income to take care of her. So now everyone may not have the income. So if you go back to these uh, grandparents who are taking care of them who are in their late 60s, 70s, and 80s, who again are on social security or disability, who uh, may be using their retirement funds or just really have no income whatsoever, who are raising them. I wanna give you a little encouragement. There are some resources out there for you you just have to look for them, do some research. If you have to get someone, if you're not savvy with the computer computer or whatever, get someone to help you. Get a neighbor, get a neighbor's child, a high school student, go to the library or, you know, call a, a certain agencies and they can help you get financial assistance for um, help with your grandchild. Now, I live here in North Texas. Uh, so here in North Texas, they offer a program called TANF. I believe that is a new form of welfare. Y'all help me out if I'm wrong here. Which can offer temporary financial assistance to a family. They can offer long-term help, financial help to just a child only. Or they can offer it to the family. They have SNAP benefits, which I believe is a more update version of food stamps. They also have Medicaid. And I, I thank God, again, for a husband for God and for giving me a husband that's able to take care of his family. So we were able to add my granddaughter to our health insurance, but everyone may not have health insurance. So Medicaid does offer the standard care for, I believe that Medicare um, offers basic medical care, uh, exams, immunization, prescriptions, vaccines, dental and eye care. What's the other thing? Mental care. So if you, if you, if your child, your grandchild needs counseling, they will also help with that. There are other programs that can help you in raising your grandchild. Like I said, in some cases, depending up, upon your state, if you decide to adopt your grandchild, some states will pay a certain amount per month until that child turns 18 it will be from the originating state meaning the state that they grew up in so for example if my if i adopt my granddaughter and she lived in the state of colorado they will give her a check every month until she turns 18 even though she no longer lives in colorado but you need to verify that that very state per state let's see here again you know research all that you can if you're an older person and you're not computer savvy I do strongly urge you to find someone in the church that's younger that can help you do this. Go to the library. Go to, what do they call that? Family, um, I can't think of it right now. When you go to the court and they have the family law, whatever, center, they can help you free, uh, low cost to free of no charge, uh, depending on your income. But most of all, 
if you are experiencing something like I have and other issues that may arise where it will call for you to get legal custody of your grandchild, I strongly suggest that you hire an attorney. We hired an attorney um, to help with the case because the attorney knows the laws. He can find out way more than you can, he or she, way more than you can, a lot faster than you can. So I do suggest you doing that and they can help you with all aspects of legal guardianship, the custody and the adoption. Again, each state has different laws. So some may say you have to wait a year. Other states may say you have to wait two years. Some may say you gotta wait 90 days. I know in the state of Texas, when a child turns 12, they can sign for themselves to be adopted. Um, and that will be considered by the judge. So again, try hiring an attorney if you can afford it. Again, I'm gonna post some resources in the show notes and in the uh, YouTube description box that I found and hopefully that you can find helpful if you are going through this or if you know somebody going through this, you know, pass this information on, it may help them. Now, one thing I wanna say is that I didn't know in the beginning. So in the beginning, I had my daughter notarize guardianship papers. And the reason why I did that initially was because I couldn't enroll her in school. I couldn't get her any medical care because technically there's nothing saying that I have any rights to this child. So before we hired the attorney, I was told, well, just do a legal guardianship, have your daughter sign it, and then have her notarize it. And that will at least get her to get into school. You can order her birth certificate and all that. And we did that, but that does not cover anything. If your child wants to come back and get their child, they can without any legal recourse. So by getting actual sole custody of a child, that, that parent can't come in and disrupt the life of that child is what I'm trying to say. So for example, uh, without the sole legal custody from the courts, the, per the, the, the child can drop off the grandchild leave them for a year and come back and say, I want my child back, disrupt everything, take the child, and then bring the child back and say, I don't want her anymore. You know, having legal sole custody of the child will stop any of that. And it's up to you if you want to decide to let your grandchild have any dealings with the parent. That's up to you. You can or you don't. I chose to initially because again, my intentions were for my daughter and for my granddaughter to have a relationship. As my daughter became more and more regulous, I realized that was not an option. So it's really, whatever your situation is, you do what's best for that child. And you're gonna have naysayers, well, how could you do that to your family member? How could you do this? Look, you do what God tells you to do. I have family members who told me, well, you shouldn't have done that, you shouldn't do this, why this and that? when some of these same family members were down there with this situation and did nothing about it. So, people are gonna say what they're gonna say, let them say it. Just ignore it, do what's for the best interest of your grandchild and by the following of God, do what God called you to do and, and everything else will fall into place. So in fighting for custody, we got so custody, not sole guardianship, sole custody. My daughter was stripped of her parental rights. The father is not in the picture, so we have sole custody. Now she has recently asked for us to adopt her. Again, I asked her to go back and ask her mother. 
That did not go well. However, this is not about her. It's about my granddaughter. And we are looking into legally adopting her. Um, we are talking to our attorney. We're seeing what the state of Texas, because we've moved from North Carolina. We had considered this when we lived in North Carolina. So now we're in Texas, the laws are a little bit different and actually the laws are a little bit linear, more lenient here. So uh, we're looking into that. Now I also want to challenge you to keep all your receipts. And when I say receipts, I'm not just talking about, you know, receipts when you buy something or whatever. When I say, you know, these young people talk about, I got all the receipts. <laughs> We have kept every phone, we recorded every phone call. We've kept every email, we've kept every video, every newspaper clipping, every email, every letter in the mail. We have kept everything. And the reason why I suggest you keeping everything, because if this comes down to court, it's going to help you. And it is the reason why, or one of the reasons why, we were able to get sole custody and my daughter was stripped of her rights. You need to have proof of everything if you're fighting. If you're as passionate as we were and you're fighting for custody of your grandchild, you're going to need to have everything that you can possibly have. You'll thank me for it later, trust me. To get off my situation, because my intent wasn't necessarily to go into my situation, but I wanted to give you a little background on what goes on and what can happen. Hopefully I was able to shed a little light on grandparents raising their grandchildren because there's a lot of us out here that are doing this i even know someone who has a child that has several children by several fathers and she has no intention of taking care of these kids so these kids are like spread out against friends and family members now i won't do that but it exists so it's happening out here, folks. You're, and if you think, okay, I'm the only one, what do I do? You're not the only one. You're not alone. There's advocacy groups out there, support groups, peer groups that you can join to, to help you. And maybe they can help you get the resources as well. But again, I'm going to put the resources that I have in the description box below and the show notes. And hopefully they'll help. And I want you to comment and let me know or email me at Yolanda at Yolanda M. Johnson Bryant.com. That's Yolanda at Yolanda M. is in Mary Johnson Bryant.com. So basically my name. Um, and let me know, you know, if you're going through this, you know, let me know how you're dealing with this. And maybe we will, we will revisit this in a future episode. But again, I hope I was able to help someone. I know this was a little solemn for me. I wasn't my usual upbeat self, but this is a touchy subject for me. It's a sensitive subject for me and it's close to my heart. So uh, I apologize if I wasn't upbeat. Hopefully I'm upbeat in the next episode. So as I close, I am reminded of 1 Corinthians 10 and 13 that says, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. As God is faithful, he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. So simply put, God will never put more on you than you can bear. He will provide you with all that you need for what he has called you to do. So keep that in mind. It may see hard, seem hard. And in the beginning, I'm like, Lord, how am I going to do this? But he has been with us every step of the way.
I thank you guys for listening. I hope I was able to help someone. It took me a lot not to cry, but um, I'm good. I'm good. And I hope that you are good. And uh, I hope, I, again, I was able to help you guys or help someone. So join me next week where the topic will be, when do I get my AARP? <laughs> so until next episode, you guys, I'm Yolanda Johnson Bryant, and this has been The Other Side of the Dash. Oh,